Welcome to Passports and Pizza, a podcast about everything by two carb-loving, carry-on-only gals. I'm Laura, a traveler and writer with an appetite for adventure. And I'm Sarah, an artist and food blogger who travels mainly for the food. Join us as we dive into anything and everything that's on our plate slash on our mind. (laughs) All right. All right. Well, here we are in the pod loft again. Yeah. No longer in Lancaster. But Gilmore is already sleeping next to us. Like a good boy that he is. Yeah. <laughs> so are you still, you're still sick? I am. Yeah. Yikes. The never ending cold. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm not really sick anymore. Um, which should I just jump into it? Cause that's yeah. like my salty. Yeah. Go for it. Okay. Um, yeah, my voice still sounds weird, but much better than it did. Mm-hmm. So, for those of you listening, we're recording a little more than a week after the last time. Yeah. And this is the best I've sounded, yeah. like, voice-wise. Because after we recorded that episode, I literally could not speak for two entire days. Like Horrible. Because <laughs> when we recorded, I kind of thought, like, I had this little bug that I was getting over. Turns out it was travel. Yeah. yeah. It was just the beginning. So I've already used up all of my vacation, not vacation, my sick days for the year, which I'm lucky to even have any at all. But still, But in the last two weeks, I took four sick days, and I had already taken one earlier this year, so I'm out of sick days. Um, when is that renew? Uh, January 1st. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God bless antibiotics because I thought for sure I had a virus because I felt so terrible. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm not going to the doctor to pay someone to, just to tell them to I have tell a virus. me to rest. Yeah. You know, like, the worst. so I was just like, no, I'm just going to ride this out, whatever. And I, I took like that Friday off and then that I had the whole weekend. I thought, take Friday off, got the weekend. I'll be good to go Monday. And Monday I went to work and I was like, not feeling great. And then Tuesday, I woke up feeling even worse. And I was like, I don't care anymore. I'm going to the doctor. They can at least tell me, like, no, you can't take an antibiotic for this. Or I'll try one if they suggest it. So that's what they did. And I feel like almost immediately after taking the antibiotic, I started feeling better. But Modern medicine. Yeah, it just sucks. Like, I, I don't know. Apparently, I no longer get the common cold. I just get a massive infection every three to four years. <laughs> like, that's it. No. Which, I guess, is better than getting a couple colds every year. Yeah. Or the flu. At least yeah. you're not getting the flu. I yeah, got the flu twice in the past two years. Awful. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God. They did make me wear one of those mask things yeah, at the doctor. Yeah, that's when you know it's intense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I was, like, checking in, like, coughing and, like... The guy was just kind of hands it to me, like, I'm going to have you put this on. You're like, and, thanks. But he did say part of it, too, is to protect me because there were people walking around there with right, the flu. Right, And if I'm already compromised, then, you know, it's like, yeah. well, I don't want to get the flu on top of this. Yeah. So, yeah. But my sweet is that, um, number one, I am feeling better, finally. And also, the weather has been so nice. I know. It's so, like, even last weekend when I was feeling bad, um... I actually sat out in our backyard and read a cookbook and stuff. Yeah. And because it was so nice. It's too beautiful to and be inside. the silver lining to getting sick is that you give yourself permission to just park on the couch and watch TV. So I watched a couple movies. I got to watch all of the new Queer Eye, which oh is so gosh. good. And I like cried so much. So good. <laughs> have you watched the new yes, one yet? Yes, I have. 
I just, I feel like they've really come into, like, their element. Like, they know what they do now, mm-hmm. and they know what they're good at. And it's like, anytime Karamo has a heart-to-heart with somebody, this one would be like, oh, man, this just really hits me. The episode where they were with the um, lesbian woman. Um, yes, the young lady. Yes. Who, like, her I adopted her family. Name. Yeah, her oh, adopted yeah. family kind of, like, shunned yeah. her after she came out. Mm-hmm. I was like a puddle. Oh my god. A puddle. Yeah. It was rough. Yeah. And I think my favorite episode, though, was the two ladies who have the barbecue joint. Oh, I love those ladies. Yes. That was like the episode in season two with Miss Tammy. Yes, which is the best episode of all time. So good. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm finally getting over being sick. I worked out this morning for the first time. As like, as in not walking. It was harder than it should have been. Yeah. I just did, like, arms and abs because I didn't want to do anything cardio. And I was using lighter weights than normal. I was like, this is harder than it should be. And then afterwards, I took a shower. It wasn't even that hard of a workout. But then in the shower, when you, like, lift your arms to wash your hair. And I was like, oh, I'm already feeling this. Oh. So I'm going to be sore tomorrow. But that also feels good when that happens. Yeah. So. (laughs) A little soreness always feels nice. Yeah. Yeah. So what's up with you? Okay, so as the kids say, my salty is that I've been left on scene. Do you know what that means? Wait, like left on red? Yeah. Okay. Or, yeah, left on red, left on scene. Like when you get it, when yes. you send the notification and they've a seen scene. it. Yes. Well, I've been left on scene because someone reached out to me over Instagram to work with them potentially on a project. And I was like, this is a great opportunity. I'm excited for this. It was someone who I really like what they do. Mm-hmm. And... Like, she was like, uh, I'll send you an email, um, and then just let me know how you feel. So she sends me an initial email. Yeah. And I'm super excited. I'm like, yeah, this sounds great. I'd love to be a part of what you're doing. Response back. And then nothing. Yeah. And I'm just sitting, and it's been weeks. Oh, that's weird. And I'm just like, I, you know, and then I sent up a courtesy email saying, uh-huh. hey, just following up on this, I realized that <laughs> in my inbox, this has been sitting here for a while, I just want to know, like how you're still feeling about this and Mm -hmm. how I can be a part of it and whatever. Nothing. Yeah. And this person even on Instagram has like liked my photos and sent me comments and stuff. And I'm just like, what is going on? (laughs) It's like, I admittedly, I've never gone on any sort of like online dating sites or like, Uh I just imagine that's what it must be like for a lot of people when they do that, when you get ghosted, yeah, which I've never, I've never done (laughs) that sort of stuff. Yeah. I never was on like plenty of fish or like Tinder or anything, but (laughs) I just feel like very weird about this because I still like her photos. She still likes my photos. We still interact on Instagram and yet some people are just (sighs) bad at email though. Yeah. But like, what do I do? Like, what's the next, I feel like this is like talking about a guy. What do I do next? (laughs) What do I, how do I not seem desperate? I don't know. Because I, I do think it would be really cool to do this. It's basically, yeah. I would help I would help write for this person. Yeah. And I really like their business. And I was like, right. that would be really cool just to do on the side. Mm-hmm. And maybe reach out again, like on, on Instagram. Instagram. On a different platform. Okay. Yeah. Because maybe But what just... do I say? Like, hey, did you get my email? Basically, yeah. Okay. I think it's been long enough. Yeah. It's definitely been long enough. Yeah. And especially because I sent up a follow-up email. Yeah. That's weird. Did Gmail do that thing where it was like, sent five yes, days ago, would yes. you like to follow up? And that's why I sent another one, because it, it had been like, <laughs> not even just six days or anything, it was like 14 days. 
Hmm. Maybe, I don't know, maybe maybe she doesn't need it anymore, but I don't know. I just felt like that was very weird. It's not a salty thing, but it's just been something yeah. I've been like, am I overthinking this? <laughs> what do I do? What do I say? Do I do too many exclamation points? Mm. <laughs> I don't want to, you know what I mean? Where you're analyzing. It's like uh-huh. when you're like texting someone for the first time and you don't want to seem like thirsty. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway. So my sweet, I'm excited because this summer... I think I'm going to do something different than what I normally have been doing when we travel. Mm-hmm. Typically, Luke handles, he likes to take pictures for references to paint and stuff, moseying around. Mm-hmm. And I'll take a ton of photos, either on our DSLR or on my phone. And last summer, I did all iPhone pictures when we went oh, to okay. London, because I was just like, I'm going to try it. Yeah. And I, I think it went really great, and it was great not to lug around a DSLR. Right. But... I think we're going to do more video this summer. Mm-hmm. And I'm super excited because, well, after I got to say, like, shouts out to Iz Harris because <laughs> I keep, I think I've mentioned her more than anyone on this podcast I so far. So, yeah. But she's really made me think, rethink of, like, how I want to be involved in the travel mm-hmm. space. And I don't really want to be a picture-perfect Instagram mm-hmm. curated person. Like, I want to write, obviously, but... Like, if I'm going to create something from our travels, I'd rather it be a video where it's the good, bad, and ugly. And also, it'll be something that I think we'll have to look back on many years from now to be like, oh, what a great trip, or whatever. So I think we're going to do more video this summer, and I'm very excited because it's just like a new project that I love to try new things, and I think it'll be really fun. And Luke's very good at film, too, so... So when you guys... Because you've done a little bit of video before... Mm -hmm. Did Luke do the video editing, or did you both do That it? was all Luke. Okay. Yeah. So are you going to do some video editing, or is I he going to do it? I think we've, like, discussed this. He's going to still take a lot of video footage, as will I. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the editing process is going to be more on me. Okay. And as far as deciding, like, what sort of, I don't know, theme or concept for what we're filming will be more on my end. So I think mm-hmm. we're going to try to do one, like sort of artsier sort of film where you get a feel of the environment, very mm-hmm. minimal talking. We're going to try to vlog some stuff. Specifically, I think we're going to try to do, like, food stuff. We discovered, like, the best panini shop in Milan <laughs> or whatever or yeah. something like that. And then one more, like, just experience, one where we're going to show, like, highlights and stuff and us talking. That's cool. But it's exciting because I feel like I've been having a weird relationship with Instagram recently. (laughs) Haven't we all? Yeah. And I just feel like I'm sort of throwing my hands up at the whole Instagram thing. I sort of just, I don't really care about what my feed looks like anymore. And I just Mm want to try something new. So instead of taking a lot of photos, I'm still going to take photos, but I think I'm going to take more film this summer, which has been really fun because I've been watching YouTube videos on how to edit. And that's cool. So yeah. That's like my sweet is getting excited to try something new like that. <laughs> That's funny because I kind of go in the opposite direction. Um, on most of our travels, I've mainly only done iPhone photography. But when we were just in New Orleans, I actually had my DSLR with me mm-hmm. like everywhere we went. And so that's why I haven't Instagram much yet because I haven't edited my photos yet because most right, of them are on my real camera. Card. Yeah. Um, plus we still have wedding photos that I'm editing. Um, so I think like when we go to Italy in the fall, like we're hopefully planning to do, I want to take more. Do you, <laughs> and also yeah. like 
take more DSLR photos, not just of food, but also just landscape mm -hmm. and um, environmental kind of shots. Yeah. Um, and do more of that. Yeah. Today we're talking about food and travel media that we love. Yeah. Which was on um, a voicemail. Yeah, this was inspired by episode. our voicemail from my friend Graylin, which was in last episode. Yeah. She was asking us what our favorite food media was, um, which we realized was kind of a big topic. So we're going to mm -hmm. cover food media and travel media today. Yes. So should we get it's, into it? Yeah, this is going to be a list of yeah. goodness. Get so. ready to, you know, just go to our show notes. Yeah, if you're listening in the car... <laughs> Don't worry about writing this stuff yeah. down. Um, yeah, everything don't will be worry. Linked. We will link to everything. Yeah, it will all be in there. So let's start with food media since that's what Graylin asked for. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to. Th I sort. I'm going to toss this to you because Miss <laughs> Food Blogger. Over yeah, because you're also going to cover most of the travel. Yeah. Stuff. So we sort. We're we're divvying up, and well, I'm sure we'll have little tidbits here and there. To yeah. Yeah. So um, food media, go for it. Okay, so obviously I have a food blog. That's like my jam. Mm -hmm. um, Love a food blog. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of sad because I was thinking about what my favorite blogs are. And I have a ton that are like people who have become actual friends online. So obviously I like try to keep up with them and stuff. But mm -hmm. it's a community, not necessarily like your idol. Right. Right. It's not... Um, like when I first started reading food blogs, um, they were a lot different than they are today. They're yeah. a lot more story based, which a lot of them still are, but there's a lot of people just doing it for fun on the side. Mm -hmm. And I feel bad because it's so hard to grow a food blog these days, which I have seen with my own, um, but even I don't read blogs as much as I used to. There's just, there's so many for one thing, but it's also... It's super saturated. It's super saturated. But now, like, with Instagram and everything, like, so much content is on Instagram now mm -hmm. that people just aren't reading blogs the way they used to. Right. So that being said, um, the ones I wrote down are actually some of my initial favorites from when I first really got into them. And these are ones that... I like because of, number one, photography, but also their blog voice. So these are people who actually do, like, they're not, like, doing recipes where it's like, here's this recipe. It's so great. Oh, my God. I hope you love it. Like, they're writing they're about their lives yeah. and writing a story, and they all have their own way of doing this. But anyway, number one is Not Without Salt which is by Ashley Rodriguez. She's also great to follow on Instagram. I have both of her cookbooks, which I love both of them. Mm -hmm. um, but she is a beautiful writer, and she writes a lot about being a mom, but in a way of, like, like, like the way that, like, it's real, you know, where mm -hmm. she talks about things being a parent and also trying to cook with your children. But in a way, it's like, yo, this isn't easy. You know, like, she loves to cook. So it's actually sometimes hard for her to bring her kids into the kitchen because she knows how she wants things to be done. Right. Kind of thing. So kind of like that kind of vibe. Um, she also has a really amazing 
web series called Kitchen Unnecessary that I think just won an award. Um, Because her husband's also, like, a videographer or a photographer or whatever. Anyway, um, where she goes, like, foraging for mushrooms and then, like, builds a fire. Oh, very cool. Yeah. You would probably be into it. Very cool. Um, So she's one of my favorites. And then also Sprouted Kitchen. Her her stuff is mostly vegetarian, Mm -hmm. I think. Um, And she's the one where her name's Sarah and her husband does the photography and he's one of my favorites favorite food photographers mm. oh my god and his is almost like a little more abstract sometimes Ooh, artsy yeah um and her recipes are really good i also have her cookbooks which are great so that's a good one and then the first mess which is by lara wright i also have her cookbook it's one of my favorites all these like og food vloggers yeah have... i have like all their cookbooks yeah um and hers is all plant-based like vegetarian and she's one of the people who will get real with you about like you know listen i've been in a rut right (laughs) you know like in the wellness world yeah she keeps it real which i appreciate same with hummingbird high which is by my friend michelle she writes a lot about the blogging world and how Mm -hmm. it's changed and how she feels about it um hers is mostly baking stuff she's working on a cookbook too right yeah she's working on a cookbook right now called weeknight baking and then there's the faux Martha, just by Melissa Coleman. She also has a great cookbook, but she's more like minimalist. Like her cookbook is called The Minimalist Kitchen, and um, she is like a very pared down pantry, where you know she figures out what she eats the most. She has it very well organized. So then her cookbook's kind of based on that idea, and then all the recipes in that book are made with all these core ingredients right. that she has on hand all the time. Um, but she also like writes about motherhood a lot and her blog as a business and how it's changed for her. Like, I always appreciate that where it's like, this isn't just some person pretending behind the screen. It's a real human. Yeah. Exactly. So, and then there's also Molly Yeh who has the blog, My Name is Yay. Molly. Yeah. Um, who, she just had a baby named Bernie. Did you see that? No. Yeah. Um, Bernie? Yeah, how, Bernadette, I think was the name. How um, cute. Anyway. And she had a TV. Yeah, she has yeah. a show on the Food Network, which I think she just won an Emmy for it or was nominated for an Emmy. Yeah. Um, so that's crazy. I haven't been able to watch it because I, I have I, yeah, I don't have <laughs> access to Food Network like I just that. saw on Instagram that she... Yeah. yeah. Um, and she's someone, like, I've met Molly in person. I've met a, a couple of these people. But... Um, she has been so successful, and it's like you want to hate her, but right. she's so nice. Right. She's like the sweetest, most generous person, and even though her blog has blown up and she's now a Food Network star, her she still writes her blog the same way. Like, she tells you about her chickens, mm-hmm. what they're watching on TV. Egg boy. Her yeah. husband, his yeah. nickname is Egg Boy. You know, it's just like you really hear about her life in her very unique voice, the way she writes it. And, and then it's just kind of like, okay, bye, I'm off to make something else. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, so, yeah, those are some of my favorites. I could name, like, 15 more, but I think that's good to get you started. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you do you really follow any food blogs these Not days? religiously. A lot of these are familiar names to me. Mm-hmm. Like, I follow Hummingbird High on Instagram, Molly, mm-hmm. my name is Yay. Um, the Faux Martha I follow on Instagram. 
I have not been a devout like food blog reader by right. any means, but if I'm looking for a really good recipe, there are like those handful of people that I follow mm-hmm. that I know that oh maybe if it, if that pops up on Pinterest and I right. see it's from them, like Smitten I trust Kitchen. them, right? Yeah, like yeah. Smitten Kitchen mm-hmm. or yeah, like not without salt, but um, yeah. these like yeah these OG food bloggers because I feel like we were very similar in that. You were reading blogs for a long time before you made one. Right. I was the same way. Like, I remember really early blogging. But you were reading travel blogs more? No, just like... Or just anything? Anything. Okay. But a lot of these OG people, I followed because I liked their, I liked the design of their website. Or right. like, <laughs> like, I remember um, Molly's website, like, My Name is Ye. Mm-hmm. I loved her photography. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So... I, I don't follow anyone, like, religiously, but I know that those are, like, standard names. If I see, yeah. like, something pop up on Pinterest and I'm looking for, like, a then dinner you know recipe. You can trust it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. true. So, magazines. <laughs> food magazines. Yeah. I don't read them anymore. I feel so terrible. I was subscribed to Bon Appetit for several years. Mm-hmm. And if I do ever just pick one up at the grocery store, it's that one. Mm-hmm. But... They were just piling up around my house. I just, like, wasn't having the time. Also, Bon Appetit has cookbooks now mm-hmm. that you can buy. Yeah. And it's not as addy right. as, like, a magazine is. Because I did just buy their, like, cookbook of pasta recipes, mm-hmm. like, at the grocery store. Like, it looks yeah. like a thick magazine. Yes. I think it was like 13 bucks or something, but yeah, it's really beautiful and it just has some of their I best love, pasta recipes. We'll talk about them later as a, like a whole media corporation, but like mm-hmm. they, I love their YouTube channel more mm-hmm. than I ever love their magazine. Their magazine right. is beautiful, but yeah. their YouTube channel is awesome. Anyway, well, should we skip to YouTube Okay, then? yeah, let's, let's skip. Okay. So we can t- talk about Bon Appetit. I love Bon Appetit's <laughs> YouTube I don't, sub- I don't even, like, have a scri- subscription, really, to anything except them and yeah. Liz Harris and, like, maybe a couple other handful right. people. Yeah. But, um, so, Luke definitely is the person who introduced the whole YouTube mm-hmm. thing to me. But that's from his brother, Jake, who loves yes. to cook. So, Jake is a huge fan of home cooking and he mm-hmm. started to pickle things and he lives yeah, in he's adventurous. Yeah, he's like he's into it. Like yeah. he he'll he makes try like anything. homemade ramen with like the homemade noodles yes. and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He goes in. Mm-hmm. Um so he introduced the YouTube channel Luke. Luke introduces it to me. And Jake really was into it's it's alive. With yeah. Brad Leone. So <laughs> Luke was also the one who introduced that yeah. to me because I think he sent me, it was like, yeah. do you ever watch this? And I said, no. And then I clicked on it. It was just like, oh my God, this, this is amazing. amazing. <laughs> and you know, I think it has to do with the editing. Like I think oh, 100%. whoever's editing well, those videos. Yeah. 80% editing, 20% Brad. Yeah. And let's just say this. <laughs> I have a weird thing for Brad. Oh, <laughs> I know. Like, you have a way bigger crush on him than I like, do. But definitely. I respect his wife. <laughs> I respect his children. <laughs> But there's something about Brad that it's, makes my heart go pitter-patter. It's Brad Leone, right? Yes. Is that how you say it? Yeah. Yeah. Leone. Which he's garnered quite a following. I know. From this show. Well, they have like, th- I want to say 3 million subscribers on yes. YouTube. Yeah. They're For, constantly pumping out new videos. They're, yeah. And they know what is doing well and they keep 
Oh, yeah. And I think what they're doing is they're elevating some of these cooks in their staff to (laughs) be, like, almost influencers. Like, if Brad's doing something, I'm going to watch it because it's Brad. Yeah, because now he has a ton of Instagram. Yeah. So, anyway, these, like, staff members have become really loved from the channel. So, Um, let's describe It's Alive because that's our favorite (laughs) of theirs. And for anyone who has no idea what we're talking about. Well, it stars Brad Leone, who's a staff member on Bon Appetit. And he, I think he's like the manager of the test kitchen yeah. or something. But his show is all about fermented foods, which yes. is why it's called It's Alive. Yeah. But but this guy, no offense to Brad, <laughs> this guy should never have been given a TV show. No, he, he's just a dude. He's like yeah. terrible on camera. Isn't that right, Ben? <laughs> By many by traditional standards, <laughs> he mumbles. He says a lot of words weird. He giggles at very weird things. He's constantly he talking fidgets. to someone off off camera. Yes. Someone will walk yeah. by and he's like, "Hey, buddy, how you doing?" And then they're like, "What? <laughs> We're cooking." But right. Bon Appetit has capitalized on this with whoever does the editing, editing because. Yeah. They, is it Vinny? It has to be Vinny. I don't know if it's... Vinny is the camera guy yeah. who Brad is always referencing. And he Isn't calls that right, him Vin- Vincenzo. Vincenzo. <laughs> <laughs> I love him. I know. So, um, yeah, it's just silly. They put... Um, well, so Brad, like he says, <clears throat> he says the word water weird. He says water. Water. Yeah. Which is like a Philly thing. Yeah. People from Philadelphia say, say water. water. They say roof. Right. My mom says bagels instead of bagels. Yeah, like, what are you doing? I don't know what's going on there. But but they, like, what they'll do is they'll pop the text up. Every time he says something weird. Or he mumbles something or, like. Like, gibberish. Gibberish. And they'll pop the text up and yeah. it'll be really funny the way that they, like, sort of frame yeah. it in the camera. They have little images pop in. Or sometimes you see him kind of look around the kitchen and they just put in an image of a bird flying by because <laughs> he's kind of like, what is he looking at? You know? <laughs> So I just it's love just him. really funny. Yeah. Brad. We love Brad. I would love Brad, to have you come on, this on the podcast. pod. <laughs> I would um, not be weird. I mean, it'll be a little weird. I would, I would be very starstruck. Yeah. I would probably just be looking at him for oh, a while, but yeah. Yeah. Um, which he's been on their podcast. Yes. And he's podcast. Um, he was on an episode of that where they were talking about cast iron skillets. Apparently he owns like 20 cast iron skillets. But he, he kept saying in the episode, every time he was describing a recipe, he'd be like, yeah, blah, 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 cast iron skillet. You get it ripping hot. Ripping. It's always ripping hot. So now whenever we uh, cook with our cast iron, Robert's always like, yeah, we got to get it ripping rippin hot. <laughs> yeah, so good. Got to get ripping hot. Yeah. Or he says uh, slicey chop, you know. Yeah, he is so Give it a little weird. slicey chop. Yeah. He's got a lot of weird things like that. But um, their other shows are fun, too. Like, Back to Back, Chef. um, Um, They sort of try to recreate commonly, like, love snack foods. Gourmet something. They'll try to make, like, a... They'll make, like, like Twinkies or whatever. Gushers. Yeah. They've got a lot of fun stuff. And it's all kind of, like, that very... um, loose editing style like yeah. it is not polished in any way no 
but it's but fun it's because fun. Luke and I have cooked recipes that they've made on the on the channel, mm-hmm. and it's nice because you can just pause your video, mm-hmm. rewatch it. You're like, wait, how much is that supposed to be, right. or whatever, and then you can sort of see with your own eyes like the texture <laughs> that they're asking right. for, or like what it's supposed to look like before you take you strain something or whatever. Yeah, but it's been really really fun to do recipes while you're watching it, or mm-hmm. like I don't know, just food porn. It's yeah. like <laughs> you see this stuff, you're like, that looks so good. Yeah. Ugh, yeah. I love it. The other YouTube channel that I really love is also something that Luke showed to me. I'm not a big YouTube person, if you didn't yeah. catch on to that. <laughs> My boyfriend is. Um, worth it? Have you guys, have you seen that? No, but I watched one the other day because I saw you put it in yeah. the doc. So. so it's sort of one of those things, like, maybe the first episode you're sort of like, eh, whatever. Mm-hmm. But as you watch more and more of their dynamic, uh-huh. um, it's really, really fun. Um, yeah. So it's two guys um, that... <laughs> Um, work for BuzzFeed. Yeah, it's I BuzzFeed. Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically go high end to low end of the same food. So it could be yeah. five uh, five dollar cheeseburger versus five hundred dollar cheeseburger. And I watched the bagel episode. Yes, that's a good one. Yeah. Um, so they did like a classic New York bagel, and then the most expensive one. It was a thousand dollar bagel. Yeah, but. It was $1,000 partially because most of it went to charity or whatever. Yeah. But it did have, like, shaved truffle and gold a leaf lot on of, it. A lot of, like, these very expensive foods that they try, all it is is just truffle or shaved gold or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And they're at the point where they're like, oh, my God, it's just, like, caviar and right. stupid stuff that it's just, yeah, you know. But sometimes they'll have one and they're like, that one was worth it. Yeah. But it's cool because I think they're pretty realistic, so they'll give you high, medium low mm-hmm. um price point and um you sort of get to see sometimes the best food is not really super crazy expensive it's yeah. just like if it's down home cooking right done well it can be a two dollar cheeseburger and exactly. it's the best cheeseburger you've ever had but i really like watching that um and it's cool because they now are doing cities so okay they went to tokyo and they were trying different things all around tokyo like the best ramen the best Okay. Um, egg dishes, because in Japan there's, like, this mm. very, like, egg custards are a big yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, that was cool, too. So, like, a travel aspect if you're trying to figure out, like, where to go eat, you <clears throat> go check that out. Um, cool. But I really do like them, and I like their dynamic. I forget their names yeah. off the top of my head, but they're really cool. I like them. Did you ever watch Hot Ones? Yes, I love Hot Ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, Robert and I watched the Sean Mendes episode last night when we were in the kitchen. I don't think I've seen that one. It's cute. I love Sean yeah. Mendes. He's such a cutie. Yeah. Um, but then we watched the episode you, of ho- where the Hot Tino? Ones guy... Is she on it? Yeah, she's on it. Oh, I'll have to watch yeah. it. But the Hot Ones guy goes on It's Alive with Brad. So, have you seen Crossover, that Crossover, no. Yeah, so that guy's visiting, and Brad shows him how to make cast iron pizza, but... Throughout the video, they have little pizza kind of bagel bites uh-huh. with different hot sauces on each oh, one. Oh, genius. So to yeah. watch that Crossover. with all the editing that they do on It's Alive. I have to watch that. Oh, yeah. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I do like hot ones. That's fun. Yeah. Okay, so um, cookbooks. Yeah. So. Long list. If you don't know me. <laughs> Sarah loves a cookbook. I've got a lot of cookbooks. Um. I've actually... You've got quite a library. I do. I have, like, 200 cookbooks. Yeah. Yeah. And if you walk... I don't know if you noticed when you walk through my dining room. My dining room table probably has seven 
cookbooks on it. Yeah. Spread out on it. Yeah. Um, I actually have gotten pretty good, though, lately about not buying as many as I used to. Like, I'm being a little bit more selective. Yeah. But even still, I just ordered three cookbooks last week. But I mean, do you reference them? Yeah. So you use them. Yeah. So I it's use fine. Them. Exactly. I do. Also, they, library goals. Who doesn't want to have a library? I know. And I loan them out to people all the time. Or, you know, if people are like, I need a recipe for this, I can say, go pick up that book. I know it has... Like tonight, we're going to make cocktails. You're like, we'll find a cocktail cookbook. Exactly. I've got several. Like, we got What some. are we in the mood for? We'll yeah. find something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that being said, I wrote down a couple of my current... Super faves, faves of the moment. Um, so one of my all-time favorites is the Love and Lemons cookbook, which is vegetarian. But it's if you're not a vegetarian, it's so easy still to like, delicious. add chicken to it yeah, or something. Yeah, still delicious. Um, plus, her recipes are really good about being filling, even though they don't have meat mm-hmm. and stuff, if you're worried about it. And she just came out with the second one, which I just got. So I Sweet. haven't made anything from it yet. But those are highly recommended for me. And the first mess cookbook, did I say that right? That felt first weird coming mess. out of yeah, you said first it. Yeah. mess cookbook. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. So I mentioned her blog earlier. I make her soups all the time. Like being sick, I just made her. Um, it's called the immunity soup. So it has ton of ginger, garlic, mm. and turmeric in it. That sounds good. But then I always make it, and I add a little sweet potato and some greens. And it has orzo in it, too. So it's like almost like a spicy chicken noodle soup, but without the orzo. chicken. Mm. Um, really good. So we make a couple soups from her book a lot. And then if you love to bake, the Brave Tart cookbook is amazing. I've only made a couple of things out of it. Like her brownies. Her brownies are... Now, give me... Hold up a second. Yeah. You were, you've been on a chocolate chocolate chip cookie quest. Right. I did that one. My quest for the best. Yeah. Chocolate chip cookie. Are brownies next? Brownies have been ongoing. Okay. But the thing was, I made hers. It is in process, but I made the ones from her cookbook. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think these are it. Really? Yeah. Like, so, from Brave Tart. From the cookbook. Brave Tart cookbook. If you do love to bake, that book is just amazing because it's kind of also like a history book of American desserts. Mm-hmm. So, she does a That's ton of cool. research into, like, the history of brownies, the history of chocolate chip cookies. Um, but she has recipes in there for things like, I think she might have an oatmeal cream pie recipe and, um, like, snickerdoodles and all kinds of stuff like that. That's, like, super American. But I think she worked on this cookbook for five years. So it's super thoroughly researched. And if you know her online, which she's a great person to follow on Twitter, her recipes are always on point. So that's a great one to have. Um, I also wrote down the cookbook Huckleberry, just kind of random. Yeah, I've never heard of that one. So it's from a bakery and cafe in california run by this like husband and wife team i've never been there but i have this book but i just love this cookbook because it's so it's very like cafe food focused so like breakfasty foods and baked goods and like coffee drinks like everything i love like a lunchy Mm -hmm. yeah 
Yeah, cafe. like biscuits and interesting. Like I think they have a recipe for these corn hotcakes with little sharp cheddar cheese in them. Ooh. Stuff like that. I feel like it's an underrated cookbook. Like, it was pretty popular when it first came out, but it's one that I pull off my shelf a lot, mm-hmm. and it's very cute. Yeah, it's one of my favorites. And then Chrissy Teigen's cookbooks, really good. We make her sweet and salty coconut rice constantly. I have to try that. So our friend Emily, who has written in a couple mm-hmm. times for the show. Yeah. She's hey, cooked. Emily. E- yeah, hey, Emily. <laughs> She's cooked every recipe. What? In her cookbook. That no was way. Her yeah, that was her goal. Everyone? Yeah. And Emily, you can, you know, message us oh my if I'm God. Wrong, but she was she was doing it, man. Emily, call in and tell me all about it. Um, Emily made mac and cheese. Her mac okay. and cheese. I have to try it. It's literally one of the best mac and cheese. Okay. Yeah. I gotta make it. Yeah. But um, I wanna try this coconut rice that you've mentioned because you've mentioned it a couple times. So good. Plus it's great because you She's use... Thai, right? Part Thai? Yes. Her yeah. mom is Thai. Yeah. Um the Coconut rice is amazing because you use, like, a can of the mm. full-fat coconut milk. And when you do it, you do the can, and then you fill up the can with water, and you put that in. And so it's like that Easy. and the rice, sugar, salt. It It's so good. Um, I feel like every time we want to make something for dinner, half the time we're like, doing coconut like rice. Like coconut rice? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so hers are really fun. Plus, she her head notes are really fun to read. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so those are great. And then... My friends um, from the blog, A Couple Cooks, their cookbook, Pretty Simple Cooking. It's also vegetarian. It's kind of similar to, like, Love and Lemons. Um, But it's, like, a really good starting point if you're someone who's kind of newer to cooking from cookbooks and stuff. Mm -hmm. It's very approachable. But we have a couple recipes from there that we make all the time. Like, they're tempeh with turmeric rice and like broccoli and tahini sauce oh, sounds God, good so i don't good. even like tempeh but I like yeah that. like we had never cooked tempeh until we did that recipe and now it's like i'm not making it any other way you're it's like so this good. is the only way <laughs> yeah yeah and i just made their toasted oatmeal from it over the weekend it was mind-blowing they're they're a blog that pops up occasionally when i search for stuff and, I'm, mm-hmm. and i trust them yeah so they're great and then another one for baking is the Vanilla Bean Baking Book, which is by Sarah Kiefer from the Vanilla Bean blog. She's mm-hmm. also one of my favorite people on Instagram. Um, but that's like, it's just any recipe you would need. Her chocolate chip cookies are amazing. They're the pa- famous pan banging yes. chocolate chip cookies with like all the ripply, You've seen them on edges. Instagram. They're yes. like the size of a dinner plate. Um, but like. Really, like, any cake recipe you would need, any frosting recipe. She has these, She's like, a baking. Yeah, like, baking. olive oil pistachio shortbread cookies with vanilla icing oh, that yeah. I made last year. That kind of stuff. So good. And then Julia Tertian's books, which are Small Victories and Now and Again. Those are really good, just, like, basic, like, anybody kind of mm-hmm. cooking She's got vegetarian stuff, meat stuff, Julia is a well-loved name Mm -hmm. in the Topping family. Oh, yes. Becky's a huge fan. Becky's a big fan. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. She's amazing. Her recipes are phenomenal. Yeah. She's another person you can really trust. Because she used to write cookbooks for other people. Right. Like Gwyneth Paltrow. Right. Um, But now she's she's writing her own. And they're really good. Now and again... 
Is that one of the books? Yeah, that's her newer one, where it's like each recipe is... It's sort of like leftovers, which is genius. Yeah, she gives you a way to spin the leftovers. Genius. Just really smart. Yeah. Um, And then Dining In by Alison Roman, which is... I love Alison Roman. Yeah. She's like style goals. I love her. She's just cool. I just want to be like... Like her? I just want to be like... Friend. <laughs> Let's go to the yeah. farmer's market together yeah. and go get manicures. Yeah. And she always has, like, fiery yeah. red nails and stuff. Um, and it, I feel like she's kind of, like, the new millennial cooking style. Um, it's, like, unfussy but interesting flavors. Yeah, simple but... Like, bright. Yeah. Like, fresh herbs and lemon. But nothing is, like, too insane. She's had a lot of recipes that have really become well-loved. Yes. Like, Instagram famous. Yeah, which we'll get to later. Yes, we will. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then the last one I want to say is the book Dinner by Melissa Clark. I have not heard of this. So she is, like, the New York Times food person. She's written a ton of cookbooks. But this one, it's just dinner recipes. It's huge. It's gorgeous. And everything I've made from it has been amazing. Um, the two recipes we make a lot from it are her... It's like sesame chicken. But it has dates and like fresh basil in it. Mm-hmm. It's so good. But we also make her shrimp pad thai. Oh, a lot. Pad thai. Yeah. It's really good. So that one's excellent. Um, So those are just a few (laughs) of the ones I super love. But I would say if you're someone who doesn't often, like if if you're not a cookbook buyer, but you really want to start cooking more or even baking more, Mm -hmm. I would say pick one of those books and kind of like your friend Emily who just cooked through it. Just focus on that one book. And work your way through it. Yeah. Because that's basically how I learned to cook, is by reading cookbooks and just making stuff out of them. Yeah, and just choose one recipe, like, a week. Mm-hmm. Or something like that. Something... Yeah. you want to try a new dish a week, choose one from the book. Yeah. Yeah. Or if you want to learn to bake more, get the Vanilla Bean Baking Book and bake your way through it. Yeah. Like, just do it. Learn by trying. Exactly. Yeah. Also, there's nothing more satisfying than just opening a beautiful cookbook right yeah there's something really special about that yeah we have a couple cookbooks that are almost like too beautiful to like put in the kitchen Mm -hmm. because you're like if i get anything on this yeah i'm gonna hate myself Mm -hmm. i can't even take that into the kitchen i'll literally take a picture of it on my phone (laughs) and then i'll cook in the kitchen because it's very tiny we don't have that much space that's true but like they're almost too beautiful yeah Yeah. But that's, that's another thing. That's another thing, too. If you're traveling somewhere mm-hmm. and you sort of want to get excited, I've mentioned this before, it's so awesome to just pick up a cookbook yeah. of really simple, like, dishes that you're probably going to try there and mm-hmm. make it at home. Or if you yeah. miss your vacation or your time there, make it at home. There's something yeah. really cool about that. Yeah, like, I brought home a cookbook from Germany last year. Oh, but also after, when we were, like, in the airport leaving Germany, I bought the book classic German baking by Louisa Weiss because I was just so excited by everything yeah. I saw in the bakeries there. And it is cool because now that I've seen them yeah, you're and like, oh, I want to try it, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
But that is something I want to do more before we go to a place. Like, before we go to Italy this year, I really want to read, like, I have the book Florentine, which is all about Florence. Mm -hmm. We have that book, too. um, I have a book of just spritzes. I have that book, too. Maybe that's what we should make tonight. Maybe we should. (laughs) All I need in life is a spritz in my hand. Yeah. But I highly recommend doing that. Mm -hmm. Because you can just, well, it's just a good way to, like, get excited and giddy for like yeah. all the stuff that you're gonna do especially if you love food the way that we do yeah when you travel mm-hmm. and you can sort of get a sense of when you are gonna sit down at a menu that you're unfamiliar with what sort of dishes are just standards that you know are gonna be right. really good or mm-hmm. oh I saw that in the cookbook mm-hmm. and here it is on but it's done differently let's try that do you know what I mean it just makes yeah. you more familiar and appreciate like delicious food when you're there too so yeah definitely we love doing that <laughs> yeah so, podcast. <laughs> um, so I already mentioned the Bon Appetit foodcast is you what it's called. You also have already mentioned the Insider Trader Joe's podcast mm-hmm. on this podcast before. Yes. So that's you what really I like. You like that one. Okay. Yeah. And I have to subscribe because... It's like a weird inside look at... I don't even want to say like the grocery industry because Trader Joe's is kind of in its own yeah, category. Very, yeah. But in a league of their own. It but. is interesting to hear about how they develop certain products and what they think about when they're making them and stuff like that. So that one is cool. Um, and then Small Bites, which is the A Couple Cooks podcast. Mm-hmm. Um, theirs is really good. They recently kind of rebranded it to Small Bites, so it's shorter episodes, shorter interviews and stuff. And then Radio Cherry Bomb. Do you listen to that one? No, but the name Cherry Bomb, is there a cookbook? It's a magazine. A magazine. Yeah. Okay. It only comes out a couple times a year. Maybe that's what I'm thinking. But it's all like women and food. Yes. Yeah. So their podcast is great. They've had a lot of really good people on there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Julia Tertian, who we mentioned, she recently started a podcast called Keep Calm and Cook On. Really? Yeah. I've only listened to a couple. Like, I'm subscribed, but I'm, like, way behind on it. Um, But hers seems to be a lot more, like, in-depth conversations about... Like, it's I I don't think it's just about food. Mm Mm-hmm. Just Um, about life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I think she had Samin... um, Samin Nasrat on in one of her early episodes and listened to that one. And I think that was the one where Samin talked a lot about mental health mm-hmm. and going on medication for like depression and stuff and kind of like the creative mind. So it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's almost like a creative show, but food focused. Yeah. If that makes sense. Um, at least from what I It's like tell. us. We love food and travel, but we're not only going to talk about food and travel. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then, have you ever listened to Spilled Milk? No. So that's, um, it's like a food comedy podcast by Molly from the blog Orangette. Do you know the readers? Which, her blog is amazing. She hasn't really written much on it in the last few years, but she's an amazing writer. I've read her memoir and stuff. Mm -hmm. Molly Weisenberg, that's her name. Um, But it's her and her friend Matthew. He's also a food writer. In each episode is um focused on a certain food yeah and they just like talk about it they always go take a trip down memory lane and talk about what their history is with it and then they talk about different versions of it and they've usually made 
some version of it to eat on air or two versions of it and talk about it. But they're very goofy. So, like, yeah. they go on weird tangents. I'll have they to. Like, I like that. I want to yeah. subscribe. And they're shorter. They're maybe, like, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I always, like, get backed up on those and then I'll just binge a few. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, because every time I listen to it, I'm like, why don't I listen to this every week? It's just so silly and fun. Yeah. Um, so I like that one. And then also The Splendid Table. It's probably, like, one of the very first podcasts I ever used to listen to. Mm-hmm. When I was first getting into cooking and stuff. And I'm more into, like, the older episodes with Lynn Rosetta Casper. So it was actually, like, a radio show. Okay. From, like, I forget. Back when radio was a thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but they have interviews. They also take calls from listeners with just, like, cooking questions and stuff. Or they sometimes do this thing where someone will call in with, like, four random things in their refrigerator. And then Lynn can add, like, salt, pepper, olive oil, whatever. And she tells them what to make with it. And she oh, just that's has cool. To, yeah. So, um... I like that because it's very, like, home cook focused, Mm -hmm. which is more my speed as opposed to, like, high-end chef kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So, those are all good ones. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, you definitely lean more towards home cook Mm -hmm. people. Yeah. That's why I'm not as into, like, the whole, like, Gordon Ramsay, Anthony Bourdain kind of scene. Mm -hmm. But it's also why I love, like, Samin because she's just kind of like a regular person who got into cooking and happened to turn it into her career and Mm -hmm. stuff. So, yeah, that's how I feel about it. So Instagrams, I'll just run through these real quick. A lot of them are people I've already mentioned. So it's like the Faux Martha, Mm -hmm. Sarah Kiefer from the Vanilla Bean Blog. I, like, especially love her feed because it's very, like, white and peaceful. It's just, like, cookies and cupcakes and... But she has a very distinct style Uh that I like. And then the first mess... Which is also, if you follow her stories, she has two adorable dogs. So she has good dog content. And then Joy the Baker. I like her stuff. Fit Foodie Finds. I like her because she's like, she's this like huge blogger, but she's very much herself online, which I appreciate. Um, again, she's just very real. She'll like be super honest with you about stuff. Um, and she's also like a workout person. So she talks a lot about fitness and stuff too. And then a beautiful plate. Her name is Laura, but she on her stories talks a lot about sourdough bread making and her sourdough starter is named Bradley Cooper. (laughs) I love it. So if you're into that, she has some really good sourdough information. And then Phoebe Lapine, who I've mentioned before with the whole like um, SIBO, like, digestive health stuff. Yes. She is, um, she's also really good. Like, she does what she calls Insta confessionals, Mm -hmm. where she just talks to you and checks in, and she's just very real behind the camera on Instagram. Yeah. Which I always find impressive, because it can be hard to not seem, Uh, like, weird. Um. It's hard to put yourself out there. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's this other chick that I just kind of discovered recently, her handle is the Sweet and Simple Kitchen, and she's younger. I would say she's probably like in her early twenties. She's super cute, and her feed is like beautiful, gorgeous food photography. But then in her stories, a lot of times she'll make things, and 
but she also always has music playing, and it'll be like Spice Girls or Backstreet Boys, yeah. whatever. And she dances and like sings along or like lip syncs. So sometimes part of her story when she's baking is just her, her like, dancing, singing into a spatula. And I just thought I thought she was just really fun. Yeah. And um, she had a whole thing the one day about how to kind of like fancify a box mix of brownies, like these little tricks you can Genius. do. So I thought that was really cool. Um, but yeah, and I think she just kind of reminds me of myself when I first got into baking, where you're just in your kitchen later in the evening, making cookies just for fun. You've got music blaring, you're dancing around. Yeah. Like, it's that vibe. Yeah, it's fun. So I thought she was fun. Yeah. Do you follow many food Instagrammers? Not really. That much. Yeah. I do love a lot of TV shows about cooking. Yeah, so you had more yeah. of these. So, so what do you watch? I love, well, the first sort of food documentary, I guess you would call it, that I really was impressed by was Jiro Dreams of Sushi, mm-hmm. which is all about Jiro, who is this self-made sushi master in Tokyo. Mm-hmm. Um it's seriously so well done because it just shows you the tenacity that this man... Mm-hmm. Because in Japan, low-quality food just does not stick around because mm. people will not go to your business because okay. there's way too many good options out there. Yeah. No one's going to waste their time coming to your restaurant if it's not amazing. Yeah. So anyway, Jiro served a bunch of people from around the world, including Barack Obama. and oh. But the most impressive thing is that his sushi... You know, people expect, a, like, this elegant, like huge, opulent, uh, minimalist sushi restaurant because he's the best sushi maker probably in the world. Uh-huh. And he's, like, in his late 80s. Oh. He's very old. Okay. And they make it in front of you. It's, like, omakase, so that he just chooses the fish. He chooses whatever he's making. But it's in... It's a literally in an offshoot of a Tokyo subway station. What? It's n- nothing to look at from the outside. Really? And it's small. It's so small. But this documentary was so impressive. Um, wow. And it really made me appreciate sushi because, you know, I liked sushi. Mm-hmm. But when you see the amount of work and love that goes into making just the perfect rice and the perfect spread mm-hmm. of fish, mm-hmm. it really changed how I felt about cool. sushi and just the food hmm. space in Japan because... This guy's this guy's a master. Mm-hmm. He's pretty much the doctor of sushi. Yeah, and it's also they talk about his his sons who are potentially going to be taking over this restaurant after he passes away. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just it was really just something that made me be like, wow, food is an art form, mm-hmm. you know. Um, well, speaking of that guy, um, there was an article I was reading about Pizzeria Badia, mm-hmm. and. That article described Joe Badia as the, the Jiro of pizza. pizza. Love that. <laughs> I love that. But yeah. like, okay, so Jiro is like incredibly hardworking and he's obsessive mm-hmm. the way that I'm sure that, you know, he was when he was making his dough or whatever. Right. Um, but I love that comparison because yeah. <laughs> when you have his pizza, it is sort of like yeah. mind blowing. Uh-huh. Um. But, yeah, so that sort of started my first love of TV, documentary, food shows. And then Chef's Table came out. Um, I don't love every episode of Chef's Table. I think Mm -hmm. it depends on who the subject is. 
Um, but I think it's really well, well shot. I think that the interviews that they do with these people can be absolutely mind boggling. Mm -hmm. Just like them explaining the creative process of making foods and what inspires them. And when you see them working, I mean, the milk, milk bar, Mm -hmm. that story was incredible. Christina Tosi. Yeah. She's literally just like, if you want to eat a bag of sweet tarts, eat a bag of sweet tarts. I love sugar. She's like, she's like a sugar holic. Yeah. Um, and she's just so excited by the fact that <laughs> she didn't like as many as much icing on a cake, so she just didn't ice the sides. Uh, yeah. And then she's like, I hope I hope girls all around the world can do that because honestly, if you don't like it, just don't do it. Just do it your own way. And she's yeah. just so so invested in what she's doing. But then yeah. on the other end of the spectrum, you have people who are like foraging foods okay. and cooking in so, only fires and I've never seen chef's table you should try at least one episode and there are lots of good ones I couldn't even tell you which one you should start with do they just interview a chef is that what the format is it, yes it's a it's an interview based but it's obviously really well executed mm-hmm. it is like moving food porn okay. it is beautiful mm-hmm. um so the first one is, I think the first episode, first season is Massimo. Oh. And it's, it has to do a lot with like culture and society. There's also an episode mm. with a woman, a monk in, in South Korea. And she's become such a well-known cook just being a monk. Okay. Like she doesn't have a restaurant. She's just a monk okay. who makes delicious food. It's huh. big, like all these different walks of life. It is an interview. That's cool. Um, but I really think it's beautiful. And it really makes you understand like how... Food and cooking is an art show, like an yeah. art form, art you know. Form. Yeah. Um. But yeah, salt, fat, acid, <laughs> heat was really good. Yeah, that's the one I actually did watch because mm-hmm. I already knew of Samine from her cookbook mm-hmm. and listening to a lot of interviews with her when her cookbook came out. So as like a personality, I already loved her mm-hmm. from hearing her in that way. Um. So I loved that one. Plus, it's only four episodes. And I thought that was beautifully shot. If you like the way that is shot, you just have to find the right chef and chef's table and you'll okay. really like it. It's All very right. similar. All right. Yeah. Is chef's table on Netflix? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And there, I think there's four seasons out. Okay. And they also have a French season oh. about French specifically chefs. Okay. Um, but there's, I mean, any, any sort of story that you're looking for, there's, okay. it's an inside look of the chef mm-hmm. and the chef and the food connection that they have. It's awesome. really, really good. Yeah, I'll have to try it. And you wrote down Waitress, which I love Waitress. Okay, yeah, I wrote this down, because when yeah. I think of, like, food movies, that one comes to mind. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always loved the movie Waitress, and a lot of it is because of all the pies that she makes. And, like, the way that they do the kind the, of overhead yeah, of yeah. her making pies, and... Um, it's kind of, like, snarky. Like, isn't there one pie that's called, like, I hate my husband pie yeah, or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um, but, yeah. It's such a good movie. I do love that movie. And then, of course, I was obsessed when Sarah Bareilles did the, the musical. Broadway Ugh, music so soundtrack good. for it. So, um, yeah. I was trying to think if there were any other actual movies that focus on food in a way like that. Um, I couldn't think of any other ones. I don't know. There's, like, really corny ones, like, No Reservations. <laughs> and, uh... Did you oh ever Oh, my watch... God, what was the one with, um, the guy who opens a food truck? Chef. In... Chef. Yeah. Oh, I love that one. I love that, too. When he's making... 
pasta for Scarlett Johansson. Oh, that yeah. scene, I was like, dang. <laughs> He's not even falling. But <laughs> You're I like, understood. if you want to make me that I pasta. Understood. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That was, yeah. A, that was a good movie. Yeah. I don't know any other ones off the top of my head. I like that one a lot. Yeah. 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 That, we covered a lot. Yeah, that was a lot. Should we move on to travel? Yes. So I just want to okay. say before I really go into, um, before I go into like where where I stand for travel media, I like specifically decided not to include influencers. Okay. So I specifically didn't want to feature um, people who go on a lot of sponsored trips. There are wonderful influencers out there, and I'm sure we'll talk about them as we keep doing episodes. Yeah. But for, like, travel media, mm-hmm. I kept it to just media platforms. Okay. Or just a more elevated creator that's mm-hmm. not based on Instagram or social media, if that makes sense. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. There are people that I really, really love, um, but these are just a little different than an individual. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, maybe we'll do a whole different episode on influencers that we really admire. Yeah. But... The, the space is just too big yeah. to really do that. Mm-hmm. That's that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, anyway, so for TV movies, there's one there's one man, <laughs> and he's it, and it's Anthony Bourdain. So I don't even consider Anthony Bourdain to be a chef the mm-hmm. way that most people do. For me, my connection to Anthony Bourdain is that he's a traveler who uh-huh. really loves food. Okay. Um, and I know he, I know he was a chef. I know his background. Mm-hmm. I know his cookbooks. Um, but his shows, Parts Unknown and No Reservations, were what I started to watch when we first started to travel, and it really made me hungry for experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, that really pushed my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not just a vacation. It should be something that should really show you something new about the world or yourself. Okay. Um, and I don't know. I think he's an excellent writer. Mm-hmm. I think that he shows you the good, bad, and ugly of what travel is. And also, um, you know, he's not afraid to go to hole-in-the-wall places. And a lot of times he would actually didn't disclose restaurants or places that he was going because people started to flood those Mm -hmm. locations after watching it. Um, But Parts Unknown and No Reservations were, like, everything when I first started to travel. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's just someone who I... I don't really think I have idols or celebrities really, like... Obviously, I would freak out if I saw Britney Spears because it's Britney Spears. But truthfully, there's only one person that I would actually really want to sit down at a table across from and, like, talk to. And it's mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain. Yeah. Um, just because I think he's extremely interesting. And I think that mm. he's someone that I would want to take around, like, Levin, Pennsylvania and show him, like, the weird places <laughs> where you can, you know, like, yeah. he would love the pizza crawl. Thing. Yeah. He would love the fact that we're, like do that yeah at all Mm -hmm. and he would he's not afraid to go to like you know some sloppy podunk pennsylvania dutch restaurant right just for the sake of experiencing that also i have to say i think people should travel more as i like to call bordaining it (laughs) do you know what i mean like he of course you like go to your like tourist sites or whatever but like have a day where you're just bordaining it meaning you're just walking around and Mm -hmm. you're just getting food 
Oh, that's how the only way that's respectful. Like, you're Bourdain it. That's you're Bourdain it. Yeah. See, I feel bad because I've never watched anything of his. Oh, I love him I'm, so much. Like I'm, I'm just not like a documentary kind of watcher. Mm-hmm. When I sit down to watch TV, it's just not what I'm in the mood for usually. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel bad because, I, like I've said, I've never watched anything, so I don't really know what he's like. But he has I a reputation. feel like I've written him off as basically being a dick. I don't know why people think that. <laughs> no, truthfully, because that is something that people yeah, like, have that assumption. Why do I have that idea of him? He definitely... Okay, so he's definitely brash. Okay. And he definitely... But not in a rude brash. Just sort of like, no bullshit. Uh-huh. And also, I think as a chef, he was known for being kind of a dick. Okay. Um, Maybe that's why. But... When you watch know. his shows, it's yeah. really hard to dislike him, I think. Yeah, I'll have to give it a shot. Yeah. Especially, like, since he passed and, like, everyone watch freaked out. Watch the Rome episode of No Reservations before you okay. go. Okay. They shoot, and a okay. lot of times these episodes, they shoot in a stylistic way that is of that place. Mm-hmm. So in Rome, they did a lot of, like, slow pans, like, very cinematic, okay. old school, like, yeah. you know? And he wears, like, a three-piece suit and sunglasses as oh. he's, like, drinking wine, and it's very, like, you know. Yeah. Very That's cool. Fun. But, um, I, I, I know that people have that assumption of him, and I, yeah. I, I don't know, because I don't know him as a chef, so mm-hmm. maybe that's where it's coming from. Yeah. His books, um, are pretty in your face, too, so yeah. that may be it. But I really love yeah. him. Like, honestly, one of the only people that I would... Like, when people ask, who mm-hmm. are the three people you would want from past and present to, like, sit down at a dinner table? Yeah. He's number one on my list. I'll have to get And I was, like, chance. always wanting to say, like, I want to be the female Anthony Bourdain, but no one could ever, ever be him. So, right. um, nor do I really want to be that. But, <laughs> like, just the way that he travels and the way that he likes to see the world, I think... Yeah, I like really it's influenced you a lot in absolutely. how you travel. So that's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, I yeah I love Anthony Bourdain. That's like pretty much the only TV. I do love Planet Earth. <laughs> I thought of yeah, that too. Yeah. <laughs> I thought of Planet Earth. But I don't really watch like travel channel, yeah. any sort of TV shows like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. There's tons of movies of locations that I love. Right. Um, but... You know, I think I actually have a blog post on that that we can link to. Yeah. If you're missing, if you want to go to, if you want to go oh, to I France think I or remember something you. like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But as far as just like travel, like TV, mm-hmm. Anthony Bourdain's pretty much it. Um, cool. Yeah. Magazines? I love a travel magazine. <laughs> I'm actually only subscribed to one and it's a far magazine. I think they do a really good job. Okay. Um, so Afar is owned by Condé Nast. Oh. Um, and I think they're more experiential travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you really want, you know, it's not filled with spammy advertisements for cruise lines the way that some other travel magazines mm-hmm. may be. Um, and they did an article a year ago that really, really, really inspired me. And I was like, this is a great travel magazine because mm-hmm. it was all about um, a walk the uh, Kamakochi, I believe it's called, where basically um, it's a pilgrimage that a lot of people do solo, disconnected, um, and you hike in the mountains of Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, I think, seven days. It's like a seven-day journey. And there's different like um, lodgings around 
along your way and they actually like ship your luggage to oh, those locations. Nice. Uh-huh. So all you're doing is just walking okay. and you're and it's beautiful the photography that That's they had cool. in this whole thing. And it was all about disconnected travel, which yeah. um I think is really beautiful. And the the whole I forgot who wrote that article, but whoever wrote that was I was really inspired by. So they do a great job. They're their every issue is focused on something that I think is unique. It's mm-hmm. not just like top 10 vacation spots if you want to go to the tropics or whatever. Right. So it's much more experiential. That's cool. Um, Here Magazine, which is actually operated by Away Luggage. Mm. Um, I have one of their magazines that I got when I got the, yeah. the luggage, but I follow them on Instagram and I really like them. Okay. Um, same thing, experiential. Airbnb has a magazine that's really great. Mm-hmm. Um, and Condé Nast is a staple, although I do think they have a lot of advertisements. Mm-hmm. So if Condé I were Nast Traveler, yeah, whatever. Traveler, I think it's called with two L's actually. Um, okay. But they're, they're good. They're like a very standard mm-hmm. travel magazine. But if I were to choose, I number one pick would be a far magazine. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. The Airbnb one that you lent me was cool. Cause you lent it to mm-hmm. me for the New Orleans feature, which was really good. Yeah. But I also, I didn't read like the whole magazine, but I did flip through and I really liked what I saw and they had a feature on the one Airbnb of this woman who has like a Wes Anderson inspired. I know. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So then I followed her on Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, I thought that was neat. Yeah. Like, I think they're yeah. doing a, like, if you are in the magazine industry, I think you have to be really inventive. Like, you can't mm-hmm. just, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, yeah, I do love Airbnb's magazine. They do That's feature, cool. obviously, like, Airbnb's to stay in, but it's much, much more than that. Yeah. Um, books. Um, yeah, I wrote Lonely Planet. Like, if you're, if you're planning a trip, Lonely mm-hmm. Planet is a great just go to your bookstore or library and you're going to find something to find mm-hmm. like itinerary ideas. Mm-hmm. Um, and we already talked about right um, getting like a cookbook from a region that you're going to or that you've been mm-hmm. to. And just Google, just Google like top 10 Roman cookbooks or mm-hmm. top 10 Japanese cookbooks or whatever. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mentioned YouTube. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really... Do YouTube? So I only have three. Is Harris? This is like the seventeenth time I've talked about her. Yeah. Um, Sam Colder, who um, I kind of hate him because <laughs> I kind of hate him. He's like almost too good at shooting epic stuff. Okay. He's a big drone guy. Mm. Like a lot of his, a lot of his videos are beautiful, but it's like there's so much like. You almost expect a super crazy drone shot, like, every five seconds. I wonder if Robert follows him, because I feel like he showed me some dude who is a photographer, and he just travels around, and in, in the same way, kind of like, look at this guy's stuff, he's it's like amazing, and I hate good. him. Yeah, that, that's the thing. He's stupid talented, I, like, hate him. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I, I think this guy is, he must have some kind of affiliation with DGI, which is, like, the drone company that okay. a lot of people shoot with. Mm-hmm. But every single video, it's like, how do you do that? <laughs> and also, all he all he's doing is just traveling and shooting these videos that are right. epic. Right. And getting paid for it. But anyway. How do we get that job? I, like, kind of hate him for right. that. <laughs> That's but funny. I do have to say, I swear Is Harris is never going to listen to this podcast, 
But her <laughs> husband, yeah, Johnny Harris, totally unrelated, has a TV sh- or a YouTube channel called Borders, which is run by Vox Media. Okay. Um, and super interesting. It's all about borders mm-hmm. in the world, but it goes into depth, like understanding how these borders were formed and like what's the relationship between yeah. the two countries and that's interesting and of course some of them are totally like politically yeah driven and there's a really deep crazy history the one that i loved that johnny did was on hong kong mm-hmm. because hong kong is part of china but it's not and it's independent now but really? there was a night oh it's crazy it's what? crazy yeah hong kong wants its independence um, and technically, in a couple years, <laughs> it's not going to be independent because uh, Great Britain gave a 99-year um, contract where, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Whoa. Um, so I feel like I'm learning a lot about world history when I'm watching his show. But it's really well done. He has animations. Um, and if you really are sort of nerdy about, yeah, just like political science or world studies hmm. or something like that, That's it was cool. really, really cool. Um, and... He also has a lot of videos with is in them, so. So you're like, I'm like, I love you. <laughs> you're my friends. I, like, I swear if Iz Harris ever listens to this podcast, she's like, who? <laughs> yeah. Iz, call us. Iz! <laughs> Do not tag her on Instagram. Because. <laughs> Whoops. No. Yeah. We'll just have to get her on the podcast at some point. I know. Put it out into the universe. I She's just gonna love come his on. Harris so much. Okay. Um, Instagrams. Okay, like I said, I didn't want to feature any specifically um, influencer travelers. Mm-hmm. So these are not individuals. These are more like brands. Okay. Um, so Passion Passport. All right. Have you followed them? Maybe. Highly I've recommend. heard of it. Highly recommend. Okay. I think they do a good job because it is, again, if you didn't catch on this, experiential travel. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of their captions are very um, informative and it's about culture and, yeah, just history, Mm -hmm. which I really love. Um, And they also do, they have a blog that's pretty good too. Um, Here Mag, which is Here Magazine. Mm -hmm. I love their Instagram as well. Pathport, which is actually a... um, Pathport? Pathport. That's funny. Yeah. This sounds like you have a list. Like Pathport. Yeah. <laughs> Pathport, um, I actually downloaded one of their um, guides. They actually have digital downloads of oh. guides. Um, and they do a good job because it's curated in like a way. Like city guides? Yeah. Okay. But it's curated in a way that's specific. Mm-hmm. So like a coffee lover's guide to Berlin. Ooh. Like stuff like that's that. That's cool. But, um, and you know, you could find a blog post about that, but mm-hmm. I think the way that they design it and the way that they curate it, I was, it was like five bucks or something like that. Okay. Really cheap. And I was like, I love this. Yeah. So I followed them on Instagram and they are excellent. So. That's cool. Yeah. They're very up. specific, like niche sort of travel mm-hmm. guides. Um, and Tiny Atlas Quarterly, which I think, honestly, if you haven't subscribed to them, they're very excellent as well. Mm-hmm. Um. I wrote down the historian traveler. I yeah okay. Because I I, I think I just told you about mm-hmm. her recently. I I just found her in the last couple months, um, but her photos are beautiful. Like her mm-hmm. feet is beautiful, but I love her because each 
post on Instagram gives you some kind of history tidbit, like little nugget of information mm-hmm. about I love that. the location or what the photo is. And yeah, it's just like actually gives you cool information. Right. It's not just a pretty Instagram picture. caption, whatever. Yeah. Like she'll actually tell you something that you most likely did not know. Love that. Yeah. So I like her. Um, as far as like, okay, so I do think Instagram's great for planning travel. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're looking for inspiration, like you're like, I really want to travel. I don't know where. I just want to see like some beautiful places around the world. I wrote down the pretty series, the pretty cities series. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so look up the pretty cities and they have pretty city, London, pretty city, New York, pretty city, Paris, Paris. I don't know. Okay. Um, you'll be able to find a bunch, but it's really beautiful. I went before we went to London, I followed pretty city, London mm-hmm. and I found so many beautiful spots. I was like, oh, we have to go to this, this neighborhood. Okay. Just because it gives you a, a cool sort of like off the beaten path sort of areas to look for, for like mm-hmm. quaint and pretty little places. Yeah. Um, love Letter to Europe, which... Yeah. Love that. Um, which I also follow that hashtag. Yes. I yeah. love following hashtags. Yeah, that's like... Um, like Wes Anderson, they have this thing, they have like Wes Anderson vibes or something like okay, that. Okay, that makes um, sense. Yeah. I also wrote down, in terms of hashtags, um, I follow coffee shop vibes. Oh, yeah. Because like, when I travel, one of my favorite things is going to coffee shops. So I yes. feel like seeing that in my feed is just kind of a reminder of how many coffee shops I could possibly visit in the world. Yes. Um, and there are some and then amazing you could ones. bookmark them or whatever if you see one. And um, also hashtag I have this thing with ivy walls and hashtag I have this thing with doors. <laughs> like they're just yeah. pretty images, but I feel like every time I see them in my feed, it's just this little reminder in my brain mm-hmm. of don't forget to go see other places. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like everyone has a door. Yeah, <laughs> everyone has a wall. Mm-hmm. But it, these are like beautiful. And also it just yeah. shows you how different the world actually is. Yeah. Like, especially the door one. There are some crazy looking cool yeah. doors. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like there, I think there's actually a book like really doors of like Venice or something oh, like that, okay. which is really beautiful. That's cool. Um, especially like those older European cities are super beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, hashtags based on location is really helpful too. So like when we went to London, I was like, hashtag this is London, hashtag pretty city London. And you f- just follow them mm-hmm. and it'll just show up on your feed occasionally. And that'll give you recommendations for other people to follow. Yeah. If you're like on the hunt for coffee shops in London or whatever. Right. There's literally so many Instagrams out there in the world. Oh my God. It's crazy. Yeah. If you look up London coffee, mm-hmm. there will be thousands yeah. of people. Mm -hmm. that you can just follow and all they do is just that yeah so instagram is sort of like my hidden my hidden planning tool yeah sometimes but like so when you plan from instagram Mm -hmm. when you see something on instagram do you save it on instagram or do you make note of it somewhere else for when you're traveling i press that little bookmark button Mm -hmm. and i save it to a like a like a collection collection Yeah. yeah Um, and then once I have like a good amount of stuff, mm-hmm. I'll find that location and I'll look it up on Google Maps and then okay. I'll put a little pin. Mm-hmm. And that way when you're using your Google Maps okay. when you're traveling, you just have these pins that are scattered. And sometimes it's like, oh, we're going to see Big Ben. Oh my gosh, here's this place. It's like mm-hmm. five minutes down this way. 
that I saw on Instagram. And sometimes I forget what it is. And then you'll just like, I don't know. I, I pinned it. Let's right. just go see what it is. If you okay. have the time. And um, yeah. So I just sort okay. of like Google, Google map it after I pin it. Or save it. I should it. do that for Italy. Yeah. On Instagram. There's, and a lot of times people are good about tagging specific streets and stuff too. Mm-hmm. So that's really helpful. The more specific that tag is, the yeah. better. Or if it's like a restaurant. Right. Or the name of a place and you want to save the address, like save the picture of it and then like find mm-hmm. the name of it in Google Maps. Yeah. But. Okay. It is like, I wish there was a way to just click that little link and have your own little like, it just integrates better, but unfortunately, they don't have, like, a right. crossover, but... Huh. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's cool be, It's cool to find hidden sort of stuff. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this coffee shop looks amazing. I'll link it. Yeah. You know? Um, but, okay, blogs. Uh, I don't really read that many travel blogs anymore. Like yeah. you said, I mm-hmm. feel like I've really changed. Yeah. It's sad. Yeah. It's just... I don't know what's going on. I just don't. I just don't. Right. Um, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I literally work for a travel blog. And you have your own. And I have my own. Right. I know. But it has to be something really awesome or unique to make me click. Mm-hmm. So it has to be really niche or mm-hmm. something I'm really, I, I'm going to that place. Yeah. Do you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Lonely Planet is great. Their, their blog is great if you know you're going to a destination and you want to know what what are things I have to see. Mm-hmm. Like, what are the sites that I absolutely have to see? Um, Rick Steves is also, like, a website for general information. Right. Um, but as far as, like, travel blogs go, I really, like, there's only a couple that I really love, and I'll just list them off. It's, like, Hand Luggage Only which are two British dudes <laughs> who just travel around. I love them. They have so many posts. I've heard of that one. They have yeah. so many posts. Mm-hmm. Um, Helene in between, she's sort of like an OG travel blogger. Um, I love her. She's very cool on Instagram too. Mm-hmm. Um, but her, she's very much a blogger. She's not really into the whole Instagram influencer stuff. She okay. wants to be a blogger. Mm-hmm. Um, she lives in Germany and she sort of, Loves mm-hmm. the fact that she can take these like quick little trips all around Europe. Yeah, so that's cool. it's she come she she's gone everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's excellent. Um, I write for Dame Traveler. Shouts out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we've been we've been spending a long time trying to make the blog more fleshed out with content that is more like niche and for women because mm-hmm. I don't think there's that many. Right. Out there. That are focused, so, like, geared towards women. Yeah, we talk about safety a lot. We talk about a solo traveler's guide to whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um, if I were to travel by myself, I would definitely check that out. But, mm-hmm. um, and then travel and leisure. And I do like this couple called Find Us Lost. Mm-hmm. They're, um, they're, they're a couple who travel, and I like their guides, specifically. Okay. Because their blog, it's not filled with nonsense. It's not filled with, I don't know, like, here's the number one neck pillow you need. It's very much like, this is our guide to Tulum. Mm-hmm. And it's very fleshed out. Okay. So it's a wealth of information. Mm-hmm. Actually, when I was redoing the blog, like, when I was like, I really want to do my complete Rome guide, mm-hmm. my complete London guide, it was very much based off of the way that they did theirs. Okay. So... I think they are really good with their guides. 
Um, but I did want to make a link of these really cool travel blogs and websites that are really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just haven't, like, I don't have the time to read them. So we'll make the link. It's a link from Fathom Away. But these blogs are very um, niche, which I think is really cool. So okay. um, any sort of traveler that you are. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of different things. So much recommendations. Yeah. So cool. if you want to check out more travel blogs, we'll make a link to those list mm-hmm. of blogs. And then you also... Oh, yeah. Salt and Wind. Yes. Um, which Aida. that's like a food and travel blog yeah. by Aida Mollenkamp. Yeah. Which her cookbook, Keys to the Kitchen, is one of my all-time favorites. Yeah. She's very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the... I love their blog. Mm-hmm. So much. They also do trips that you can go on, mm-hmm. which sound amazing. I actually have like an email from them bookmarked in my inbox because she had a whole thing about Rome and stuff. Mm-hmm. So she I goes have to it. Italy a lot. Yeah, so I have that bookmark because I need to sit down with it and like make notes yes. for when we go. That's def- if you are a foodie traveler the way that we are, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Salt and Wind is great. Yeah. They actually have a post from Milan that. I'm trying to save for this summer, too, because... Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm really excited. But nice. Salt and Wind is great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think we, we covered a, a lot. lot of stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, if you guys have anything to add to what we already shared, let us know. Yeah. Yeah. Give us your fave. Like, do you have a favorite food documentary? Yeah. Do you have a... Did we totally miss out on a travel blog that I should be reading? <laughs> All right. Listener question. All right. Well, we have a voicemail. Oh, man. From my brother, Jesse. <laughs> so buckle up. This is a long one. All right, J-Bub. Here we go. Hey, Sarah, Laura. Uh, this is Jesse. Um, I have a question about pizza. So mom and dad and I, every week usually, we get pizza from where we get pizza. And usually mom and dad complain that the crust is burnt. Now, I like it crispy like that. I wouldn't consider it burnt per se, but, I mean, there's dark spots on the crust, but I mean, I I don't know. I prefer it that way. Now, we got in an argument the other week, and I Googled it, and apparently in culinary circles, this is, and I could be wrong, this is referred to as charred, like C-H-A-R-R-E-D pizza, and that, I guess that's like a thing or something. So... I brought this up at dinner last night when we got the pizza, and this time the pizza was the way I like it, which is a little toasted. Um, any, anyway, so I was explaining this to mom, and mom's like, well, and I said, well, when we go to, like, you know, one of those fancier Italian restaurants or, or whatever, like, a lot of times, or they'll go, and they'll bring me leftovers, and that pizza's, like, basically black. Like, it's just like a cracker with tomato sauce on it, which I like. But mom's like, oh, no, that's 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 because those pizzas are wood-fired and they're scorched. I'm like, okay, well, what's the difference? Well, I don't know. So 
What are your thoughts on burnt or charred or scorched pizza? All right. That's it. Goodbye. All right. Well, I don't even that. know what the question is. Thanks for that voicemail, Jesse. Um, I guess he went, just wants to know what are our thoughts on charred, charred pizza, which <laughs> I... <laughs> Wow. Oh. I hear what um I hear what they're saying cuz like my parents are like this is burnt but then they bring home other pizza that's scorched. It's like, well that's what it's supposed to be. It's wood-fired. Okay, yeah. So, I do think there's a fine line though. Yeah. Because sometimes Definitely. even like there's artisanal pizzas that have the like char bubbles, it is overly charred. Yeah, if the if you're like I would say 40% charred yeah. That's, like, where the line is. Yeah. If you're, or like, it's one thing if, say, the bottom is crisp oh. and you have some char on it, but it's not, like, when you eat it, it doesn't taste like you're eating burnt dough. If it still tastes good. Yeah. Yeah. Also, let's just say this right now. If they burnt the bottom, game over. True. Yeah. If you burnt the bottom, I don't want it. Mm-hmm. But if you, if, obviously, if you have that, yeah, like, the crusty, like, yeah. Crunchy blackened top. Sometimes uh-huh. that's delicious, right. but it can't be the whole flavor. Right. If but it also, feels like I'm eating a campfire or like a crunchy mm-hmm. like ash. And it just falls apart. Yeah, no. That's not good. Yeah. But even like some of those pizzas, when the crust on the edge is basically just char and stuff, I don't eat it. Like I won't eat that crust. Yeah. It gets to a point where the edges of it are too charred. Yeah. Even though the rest of the pizza might be perfect. Well, let's talk about the other end of the spectrum. What happens if it's way too soggy? No, that's... That's worse. That is worse. That's worse. I'd rather have parts of it be something I'd rather not eat, but the rest of it is, like, crispy in the right places. Yeah, I agree. Than to have it be under But, like, what do you think is your... How much char will you allow? What's your percentage? I don't really prefer those really thin crust, super charred pizzas. Mm-hmm. But if there's like one fat bubble on it that has some char on it, yeah, I'm into that. That's cool. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Sometimes that happens. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. So depends on the. It depends on the crust too. Mm-hmm. Like if it is that wood fire, I'm, I keep thinking about like a wood fired pizza. Right. And I'm I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> I tried to be delicate about it. That was it cute. Came out. That was cute. Um, yeah. So I guess my thought is, it's it's a it's fine okay. line. It's mm-hmm. but you have you can't to do it too much. It has to be done right. Yeah. At least at least you're not getting undercooked. Right. Pizza. So there's that. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gilmore's begging for Gilmore's pets right now. Gilmore's pawing at Laura, begging to be pet. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay. All so, right. recommendations. All right. Let me start, because we have yeah, something to eat. I've been waiting. <laughs> so, I mentioned the cookbook Dining In by Allison Roman earlier, and my recommendation is her internet-famous cookie, um, which they're known on Instagram as hashtag the cookies. The cookies. But, but it's her... Um, Salted butter shortbread chocolate chip cookies. So it's like a shortbread chocolate chip cookie hybrid where 
The dough is basically shortbread, but with like some light brown sugar and the chocolate. And then you take the dough and form it into a log that chills for a minimum of two hours. But then what you do is you you brush the cookie log with an egg wash and then Ooh. roll it in raw sugar. So it gets this like crust and then you just slice and bake it. So it's almost like one of those cheap Pillsbury yeah. logs. But way better. But like super elevated. Yeah. And um <laughs> Gilmore's being Gilmore's very needy very right now. Very <laughs> loafy. And um, up so, in my face. Um, I it took me forever to, to finally make this cookie because like I had her cookbook and then everyone on Instagram was making yeah, it. Yeah, these are very Instagram famous. And I was like, kind of like, oh, God, I have to like set aside a day to do this or whatever. But it's actually very very easy to make. Like I would recommend having a stand mixer or at the minimum a hand mm-hmm. electric mixer because you do need to beat the butter with like the sugars until it's very like whipped and light. Um, so this is not something you can muscle out. No, I wouldn't recommend it. But it's so easy. Like you just, um, you let that go with like the butters and the sugar and the vanilla, and then you just add the flour and then you add the chocolate and then you roll it into a log, which doesn't take much at all. Um, so like that takes like maybe 15 minutes to throw together and then you let it chill for two hours and then you just have to brush it with the egg, coat it in the sugar slice it up and bake it so that part can just like it's not hard but like it can just be a little messy Mm -hmm. but it's not hard and then you can like basically bake them all off at once so anyway you need to try that one okay let's get an on air okay um this is my first time i've ever tried yeah they look so good oh and you put the flaky salt on top of course oh my god they're so good Oh, my God. <laughs> the edges. Yeah. So, yeah, it's like... The edges. So, it's like a shortbread cookie, but then it has this um, crispy, caramely edge from the raw oh, sugar that's, that's, like, crunchy. That is delicious. Yeah. Plus, the cookie is pretty salty, but then you get all that sugar from the from the edge, and it's just, like, very well-balanced mm. and, like, complex. Even though the ingredients are very simple. Honestly, like, this kind of makes me want all chocolate chip cookies to be like this. Well, I think her recipe, it's called salted butter chocolate chip shortbread cookies, or or it says something like, or why would you ever need another cookie recipe? No, but seriously. Yeah. They're real good. It like, you know what I like about it? It's salty. Mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. And then you have the dark chocolate. Yeah. But the butter, like the edge... The edge. Mm -hmm. The texture's real good. I want, like, coffee right now. Mm -hmm. I want coffee. Like a cappuccino with this. Yeah. Forget about it. I've got some decaf cold brew in the fridge. (laughs) Could bust some of that out. Hey, let's stay up all night. Yeah. I highly recommend. Dude. Especially if, like I said, if you have a a stand mixer. It just makes it a little easier. But it like it lives up to the hype, right? Oh, lives yeah. up. Yeah, those those are delicious. Yeah, they deserve it though. Yeah, guys, just believe the hype and please make these cookies. Believe the hype. Just do it. You're a queen. You deserve this. <laughs> Everyone deserves this cookie. Yeah. No one deserves less. Truthfully, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait till I can finish it. Yeah. 
So, well, all right, let's finish. All right, all right, all right. So, <laughs> so my recommendation um, is actually a birthday gift that I got from Luke because I mentioned that we're filming, we're hoping to film more stuff this summer, and I was just like, I don't know. We have we got like a study cam for our phones, which is going to be really cool. That's cool. But with your phone camera, you know, it's never gonna it's never gonna compare to a DSLR. Mm-hmm. But um, one specific thing that I think really sucks about your phone camera is that you just have this fixed length mm-hmm. with whatever frame. You can't right. really do anything about it. Yeah. So Luke got me moments wide lens. Mm-hmm. Which is just a little, um, you have to get a little case for it, but you basically latch it onto your phone's camera okay. and it becomes a wide lens. Mm-hmm. So, um, it, if you haven't checked out Moment, um, they have a YouTube channel where they demo all these products and stuff, mm-hmm. but it's awesome because it sort of makes your phone that you carry with you all the time just give you, it just gives you a different perspective of what you can shoot. Mm-hmm. And for travel specifically, I think wide lens is really nice, especially if you're trying to show more of a scene, more right. of a landscape. So I'm really, really excited about it. When you open it, it feels really heavy. It feels very sturdy. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm just really excited to try it out. I think it's a really cool little gadget to like, throw on. If you like to shoot with your iPhone, mm-hmm. actually it works on all smartphones, but if you like to shoot with your phone a lot and you sort of want to, like, up it or, like, try something different, mm-hmm. I would definitely recommend. So that also works just for, like, still photography, too. Yes, yeah. Okay. So it's not just, film, like, for video. It's also mm-hmm. for photography. In fact, a lot of people just use it for simply photography. Right. But it obviously would work for video, too. Yeah. Um, so cool. um, Moment is has a really cool Instagram. Um, and they actually have Moment Travel, mm-hmm. which I almost put on our roundup for today. But they are relatively new. Um, but they do like tours, like photography tours, where it's just iPhone. It's all their whole thing is smartphone done oh, well. That's so, cool. I like that. Yeah, all of they they have more than just wide lenses too. They have um, like thirty five millimeters. They mm. have um, anamorphic lenses if you're really into like the cinematic, very thin frame. Oh. Um, we got our steady cam from them for our phone. Mm-hmm. So they're really into the idea of you have a smartphone, let's elevate what the camera can do. Yeah. Um, which is really cool. Yeah. So, cause honestly the so quality that makes it way more accessible for a lot oh, of people. Oh yeah. Oh mm-hmm. yeah. And they, the quality of your cam of the cameras today are pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean when we had like our point and shoots back in the day, do you remember when you used to carry around a point and shoot camera? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh my god. But and this, now our phones make way better way better than those ever did. Yeah. It's crazy. And you have it with you every single day. Why not just get a little extension, a little lens and mm-hmm. if you're really into it, I don't yeah. know, I feel like it's going to be fun. Yeah, that's um, cool. But I really like Moments whole brand. So mm-hmm. I think they're really cool. Um awesome. But yeah, to check that out. They're wide lens is what I have. Sweet. Cool. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. Thanks for joining. If you're loving the podcast, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review. Every review helps us with the iTunes algorithm. (laughs) Thank you to those who already gave us a little review. And also, please just tell your friends if you're enjoying it. Please spread the word because that helps a lot. You know, post it on Instagram. Just be like, yeah, I like share this. like in your Insta story that you're listening to us or whatever. Tag us. Let us know what you're doing while you listen. That yeah. kind of thing. It's always fun. 
and, and um, mouth, you know. <clears throat> don't forget to send us any questions you have on food or travel or anything or recommendations for us. Um, you can reach out to us on Instagram. We're at Passport Pizza Pod. Or you can send us an email to hello at passportsandpizza.com. And you can also leave us a voicemail at 717-964-0215. Yep. Our show notes, which is going to have all the links. All of it. All of it. <laughs> You're going to have a fun time with show notes this week. Yeah. Um, with everything that we've mentioned today, all the Instagram handles, all the websites, all everything. Cookbooks. Cookbooks. Um, it's going to be found, um, on our show notes, which if you just click the episode, it should be right there, which will direct you. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll go to www.passportsandpizza.com. Um, you can shop with us that way too. So if you love a cookbook, want to buy, you just click that little link. Yeah. I was going to say like, if you want to support us, that is a great way to do it. Mm-hmm. If you click on, um, any of our shop our faves. Yeah. Like if you go to, on our website, we have, uh, page called shop our faves which is basically like a roundup of stuff we've mentioned in different episodes that mm-hmm. we really love but a lot of them are amazon links so like if you click on it like if you hear a book that we mentioned and you think i am gonna buy that go to our website and click on that because then it doesn't change the cost for you but we get a little bit of a kickback, little kickback for recommending it to you and every little thing helps for us because we're not here making any cake <laughs> no <laughs> not yet but um yeah just shop with us that way it's and even if you don't end up buying that cookbook just click that link and yeah you can get whatever you need mm-hmm. and we'll get a little kickback which is really cool yeah and if you want to see what we're up to in our day-to-day life um you can follow us both individually on instagram I'm at Sarah, with no H, underscore Cornelius, underscore. And Lara is at Roman Galoitly, and that is R-O-A-M. So give us a follow on there. Yep. And last but not least, a big thank you to Will Gingrich for our theme music. And we'll see you next episode. All right. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Mm-hmm. Um, from sulfat acid feet. Acid feet? <laughs> <laughs>